excited to be here with Jules Gonzalez from Strength Co. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for joining Raina and I so early in the morning because you're in Cali time now. Yeah, it's okay. I'm up. I'm up and running. Well, what I want to do today is we have so much good stuff to cover um, because you've got a lot of valuable information to impart to our uh, lifting women, our moms who are listening to this podcast. And first, I wanted to get into a little bit of a bio. You're a heck of a strong girl. And um, what, what have you you've been pulling heavy recently, too, right? Yes. Getting back into the game, I, I took some time off from lifting heavy. And so it feels nice uh, just every week, just trying to get a little stronger each time. Yeah. And um, tell me a little bit about, you know, really uh, what I'd like to know is I saw this great picture of you at a starting strength seminar under the bar. Uh, great shot of you there. How, tell me about your, you know, how your background, how did you get into lifting and how did you find starting strength? Yeah. So I, I think like all of us, we, we start with the gym bodybuilding. I feel like at least, at least in my experience, I, I used to work at a, at a gym and just being around a lot of bodybuilders and learning how to do all sorts of like isolation movements and things like that. Uh, reading all the fitness magazines, the female fitness magazines and thinking, oh, if I just do these workouts that she told me to do, I'm, I'm going to look just like her in six months <laughs> and quickly realize that that's, uh, that's not going to happen. And so funny enough, I actually met Robert at the gym. Robert Santana? Santana, exactly. And so then we became good friends and he was on his plan of becoming a starting strength coach. So I started to learn all the main lifts from him. When was this? Oh gosh, this was back in 20, like 2013, 2014. And you met him in Arizona? No, in Glendale, California. California. Yeah, originally, yeah. It seems like that year, like 2014 is when all like, I'll say it, all the coolest starting strength coaches like came up, like you, Brent. Totally not biased. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, 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 biased. No, I agree. I... So you got into lifting, you got into starting strength. How long after, how long after you started lifting? So uh, I met Robert a while, a while ago, and then I started lifting I started the linear progression program in 2014. So beginning of 2014. Mm -hmm. And I ran the program all the way through. I went to my first uh, starting strength meet. And after that, I realized, oh, wow, like I want to be stronger. And so I started to do other programming that that Robert had me do. And so I just I, I loved the experience. I just love the fact that it was so simple and yet so challenging at the same time and it's interesting enough I was going through my own phases of like body image issues and dieting and uh sort of stuck in this in this piece of well I I love lifting but also I'm afraid of 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 gaining too much muscle mass I think we all we all have that fear and over time I realized that that's impossible and I like to lift I, I like to feel strong I like what it does for my body and so stuck with it ever since. And, and now you have a background in nutrition. Tell, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what your degree is in and what you specialize in. Yes. So my degree is in bachelor's of nutrition science with an emphasis in dietetics. 
so to become a dietitian. So I've been a registered dietitian for a few years now. I do a lot of just the basic nutrition consultations, but my main uh, emphasis is in eating disorders. Now, I, I find that to be a very valuable subject for us to cover today. So um, let's start there, actually, because what, what I do want to make sure that we get into this podcast, because I know a lot of our moms are going to want to know some of the basic fat loss tips and strength gains tips and all that kind of stuff. But um, let's let's talk about how you got into uh, the field of working with people with eating disorders and um, what you're seeing in terms of lifting and how it, you know, changes their perspective on their body. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It sort of fell into my lap. I once I once I passed my my registration to become a dietitian, I had a couple offers and usually when you start as a as a new dietitian, they always recommend for you to start in a clinical setting. So working in a hospital setting, getting a good a good foundation on all different uh, diseases and working with different patients, uh, which you do in, in, in your internship. But fortunately enough, I met someone that works in, in eating disorders and they needed a dietitian. And so I, I sort of asked myself, maybe I need to try something different. I wonder what would it look like for me if I just went full in knowing that I have no background in this I have zero understanding of eating disorders just from, I think from most of us, we assume that eating disorders is women that want to lose weight and then they become obsessive with food. And when I, once I started that job, I realized that that piece is so small compared to all the other factors that play into eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, and you spoke about working with adolescents in particular, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, that experience and, and um, what's it like uh, changing the life of a, of a child, you know, have you had success in working with adolescents and, you know, how much does physical fitness play into, you know, kind of the, the nutrition end of this? Yeah, so I, so a little bit more in information, I, I have been working on inpatient level of care. So I do work with high acute patients, adults, and then the kids. And with the kids, it's, it is challenging because they learn so much from their parents. They learn so much from their environment. And unfortunately, a lot of children don't have, uh, they weren't raised in the environment that they deserve. So there's a lot of issues that, that, that affect them as far as their connections with others, with friends, uh, especially now that we live in a world of social media and the kids are just with the TikTok and Instagram and there's so many positive things that can come out of it, but also negative things too, with not being able to control the things that they're learning. And so when I work with them, a lot of that comes up because they're so focused on what their friends are doing, what their friends are eating, dieting, especially just going through that phase of not being a kid anymore and and becoming slowly a teenager. And so working with parents has been challenging because also they have to learn, relearn the process, relearn their their own relationship with food because they are providing that, that guidance to them. Are there telltale signs? Because I think a lot of the times parents miss those things. 
and it just ends up snowballing. And then they have this full on eating disorder where they've, are there some things that the parents can look for habits that their children are starting to develop before it gets to that full blown eating disorder? Yeah, of course, there are always signs that can help you sort of question some of the things. I always start with some kids might become really picky with certain foods, and that can go into other areas because there are children who can develop an eating disorder, but not because of body image issues, but more so issues with uh, specific types of foods, textures of foods. Usually, like I've also worked with, with kids that are on the spectrum and that also is a whole other a whole other ball game because with those individuals uh, it's more focused on the types of foods and that can also develop an eating disorder so I always tell parents just keep it a look keep an eye on on your children's plate how they're eating uh, how they're rotating their food around making sure that they are eating a little bit of everything. Because we, we always talk about having that balance for our kids and even for us, right? Like having some vegetables or fruits, protein, carbs. So they're getting that well-rounded diet. But I would say as they are becoming a little bit older, making sure that they are eating, that I've had situations where kids would, mom or dad would make lunches for them and they would just throw out the lunch bag and not eat it. And you wouldn't know these things because your kids will tell you, oh yeah, I, I ate my lunch. So those little things, I always say too, as they start to get a little bit older, um, they might start getting into more of the body image piece and wanting to look thin or wanting to look good. But that's always alarming because at such a young age, that shouldn't be the focus. And yet I've noticed that that's becoming more of an issue now with the younger generation. Do you notice that the kids are noticing these things younger and younger? Yes. Like I'm, what age do you think it starts around? It depends, but the but very common, I would say kids in elementary school are already. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. And do you think that's because of the social media? Ina and I were discussing this before. Like back in our day, the only media you were exposed to was like the Disney Channel. And let's say if you could steal your, you know, older cousin 17 magazine or Cosmo, it yeah. wasn't so accessible. Now the kids have YouTube and TikTok and whatever nonsense is even on regular TV. Do you think that's playing a part? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. And, and the thing is, we don't, as parents, we don't have that control over that piece. It's really difficult to manage that, especially with kids now they're, they're so independent. And so the, for the young age that they're at, they know so much, at least from when I, when I was a kid, I, I, I didn't know half the things that the kids know now. And so not being able to control that, it can be challenging and, and a little bit scary. So what advice would you give to parents? Yeah, I, I would say I and I've and I've told parents this before because they've asked me, well, what do I do with the accounts? Uh, a good thing for 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 girls and boys is just following accounts that are positive accounts, things that that will influence more of their creativity, maybe certain things that they enjoy versus following, for example, all these like uh, fitness influencers or these chick influencers where they're just promoting their body, not really promoting something that has a little bit more meaning behind things. 
So I always tell parents, just take, take a look at, you can always have that, that session with them where you're sitting with them and, and Hey, like I, 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 I'd like for you to follow things that you like, things that are going to create interest for you. So that's always a good way to start too. That's great advice. Yeah. Have any of your, have you had experience uh, successfully transitioning any of these kids into lifting, incorporating lifting? Have you worked with teens uh, who had eating disorders and got into lifting and kind of benefited from the performance, you know, focus versus aesthetic focus? Unfortunately, because I work in an inpatient level of care, I don't, I don't have that, that ability to, to be able to work them with them outside and, and, and start implementing strength training. I feel like that that is something that I would love to do Mm -hmm. down the line because again, the, the focus on the body is just, has become an issue to the point that there's no connection outside of that piece. And so that's why I love the strength training because it allows you to, to find focus and meaning in, in getting stronger and just seeing your body develop and change in a positive way. Mm-hmm. But I will say I've had, I've been fortunate enough to work with a couple teenagers through the Strength Co. And it's, it's quite amazing. I actually, there's one right now that I'm working with, uh, 15 years old, really strong. And just seeing her development has been an amazing experience. Yeah, you can see how it impacts her and, and it changes the way that she sees herself as she gets older and becomes a mom. And you could just see that it lays the foundation so differently. You know, Rain and I are raising girls at different stages. I've got a 19 year old now, her kid is nine. Oh my God. And, um, and they both lift and it changes their perspective from a very young age on what they can expect from their bodies and what fitness really should mean, you know, which is a strong foundation and, in you know barbell training and 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 muscle mass and so do you have um, I'm sure that you bring your expertise you know even when coaching women and do you see a, a shift in thinking when they start to lift and how they perceive you know maybe what their how, do their goals shift as they become stronger maybe they come in with I want to be skinny there's Roland. I want to be skinny. And then, you know, as they start to get stronger, that mind shift happens and the perspective kind of cleans up a bit. Have you had that experience? Oh yeah, actually, for the most part, every female that has walked through the, through the gym has that initial, oh, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to add too much weight to the bar. I don't want to get too big. And it's nice because I'm able to, to walk them through that process and tell them, you know what, that that's, I can see where, where you might think that, but it's actually quite the opposite. So just already starting that baseline with the clients to, to, to help them create a new focus into lifting versus thinking about, oh, I'm, I'm afraid of gaining weight and, you know, X, Y, Z. So obviously the nutrition piece comes in now. Yeah. And you, have to, you have to kind of teach them how to eat. And it's very hard to convince women uh, to eat more and they don't, you know, I mean, I've, I've had, you know, a, a decade of coaching women. And um, the only thing that's ever really made an impact is, is barbell training, because 
their focus changes to what they're capable of. You know, they're always surprised at how strong they really are. Mm -hmm. Um, And without nutrition, though, I felt like a lot of my clients became discouraged because uh, without the nutrition component where they had to be accountable, right? And a lot of them didn't even understand that you have to eat more protein, that you have to eat more of the good food, not just eat more. And unless they really coupled the training with a proper nutrition regimen, they got discouraged because, mm-hmm. you know, we all know that gaining belly fat is easy, right? I do it all every three months. I go through a cycle of being, but it's because I'm lazy. It's not the barbell training, which is what we try to tell people. But how do you, how do you, slowly or do you titrate in a nutrition program how do you get people to comply with better nutrition because i'm sure you've, you've seen people who get discouraged even though they embrace their strength they realize what they're capable of this is amazing and then they hit that wall of like but i don't look as good as i want to look how what do you do when you get to that point yeah so i i like how you said titrating it i i always like to start with small goals once a week we're going to focus on one goal and one goal only. So the number one goal when with strength training is yes, the protein and the spe- and specifically for women because that is, I've noticed that that's very hard for women to do. Uh, I've had women try to at least work up to their body weight, and even then, that's really hard because they're full all the time. They're they're afraid of that the fullness feeling doesn't feel comfortable. And so I always say, if, if that means that we need to lower your protein intake just to get you at a baseline and create consistency, then let's do that and let's work up. So let's say if I had a female client that weighs 130 pounds, okay, so 130 grams of protein, let's at least get you up to 100 grams. And so teaching them how, how to, how to, how to do that, because that's also another thing too, is, is learning the portion sizes, how, how many grams they should be having per meal. So I always give them like little small, little goals that's achievable. And then I also tell them if they can just add at least like maybe a protein shake just to help them increase their, their protein intake can be very helpful for them. Are there any like quick and dirty snacks that you could just throw out there that are high protein? Just like things you could kind of throw in your purse. Just give us a yeah. couple. Uh, Quest chips are fantastic. I don't know if you've Ooh, ever Okay. Ever I'm writing while you're talking. She Go likes ahead. Chi- she likes chips. Chips yes. are good. Yes. yes. So Quest chips, one little bag is like 18 grams of protein. They have barbecue flavor. They have- okay. um, chili lime they have a a loaded taco flavor i've actually made like taco bowls with them it's delicious you guys would love it okay when you make that recipe can you tag us send it our way i'll i'll take a picture of it and then post it on instagram so quest chips give us like one more uh so quest chips for sure like the uh costco i feel like there's a costco everywhere right in new york Yes. yes okay uh, the premier protein shakes, if you, if you feel like you're on the go and you need those quick, like, uh, they're 30 grams of protein per wow. little, yeah. And so you can just take one or two of those in your purse and that's a quick, quick source. I love that. And, and, and okay. Let's say somebody wants to start eating better. Um, somebody as in us, go ahead. <laughs> We're asking for friends. For your not really. I just want to get my deadlift up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, listen, I don't teach aerobics anymore. So life is good. We don't have to fit into those crazy outfits anymore. So we're, our, our squats are going up. We're good. 
um, but I am like, you know, Grant was helping me out, you know, make you know, helping me be accountable. He's my buddy. You know, we've taught seminars together. Um, and I'm like, Grant, I'm getting out of control. What do I do? Give me like a quick and dirty kind of plan. And he's like, high carb, high protein, low fat, go. Right. Um, and that's really the gist of it. Because now, now, could you tell our listeners why high carb? Because they always misunderstand why, you know, they always, because, you know, a decade ago, we saw carbs as the enemy in Mm -hmm. the, you know, in the magazines. Thank you, Atkins. Yeah. So can you tell them why high carb, they won't get fat from high carb if they're lifters? Like why high carb? Well, the thing is with high carbs, it's giving you a good amount of energy to be able to go in and lift. And I think that that's the main issue with or the fear of carbs is, oh, I'm going to gain weight because of carbs. But really, it's the combination of two. If you're having a lot of carbs and a lot of fats, fats are high in calories. And so more than more than the carbs. But when you combine those two together, which tends to be all the delicious foods, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's actually what what makes people gain weight. They're not they're not checking their calorie intake, so they're going overboard. And so I think that when people think of carbs, they think that they're automatically going to gain weight. But the thing about carbs is, if you're having a good source of carbohydrates for all your meals, you are preparing yourself for your lift. You are you are, you have just the right amount of energy and nutrition in your body for you to be able to lift those those numbers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, 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 um, another question I get frequently is, okay, I don't have time to eat. Can I have most of my protein in one meal? I always say trying to spread it out would be important because also too, it can cause a lot of just GI discomfort if you're having too much protein in one set in one sitting. So that's why I always say spreading out your meals throughout the day. And it also gives you longer energy throughout the day. Uh, very common too, if, if people tend to just have all of their meal in one sitting, then by towards, by the time you start digesting your food, you might become lethargic. And so you want to create consistency. Like I, I always talk about this because it's so basic and we all know it's consistency, but it really is. It's if you can wake up in the morning and if you know, you're a breakfast person, having your, your breakfast with a good amount of protein, your lunch and your dinner, getting your solid three meals in and if you feel like you can throw in a snack, one or two snacks with, with like, let's say the protein chips or something else, then you are setting yourself up for success. Yeah. And could you debunk a myth? This is like the number one booty band Becky myth. Um, eating, not eating a certain time at night. I love that one. Can you debunk that for us? Yeah, that's, we've all been there and yes, it's BS. Uh, we'll debunking it because your body, your, as you're eating throughout the day, your body doesn't say, Oh, okay. It's past seven o'clock. So we're just going to reserve everything and you're going to gain all this weight the next day. Your body's still running on energy. You're still burning calories, even when you're sleeping. So there is no specific time of the day where you need to stop. It's more of and this is where people get this wrong is what are you eating and how many times a week are you eating out? That's where the big one is because most people eat out a lot. And when you don't know what types of foods to choose, that's where people start having issues with weight gain. So they can eat at 10 o'clock as long as it's the right stuff. Yeah. It's there. And again, too, I always say 
maybe because it's part of the, the, the job that I do in eating disorders is like finding that middle ground of it's okay if you want to have a cup of ice cream or whatever, if you have dessert at 10 o'clock at night, it's not the end of the world. Just start your day the next day and continue with the same things that you've been eating. So it's, again, it's all about looking at it from a balanced point of view. It's like having all like the proteins and, and having my micronutrients, but also having pizza because I love pizza. Yes. Yes. Pizza. Yes, pizza. <laughs> the Yankees and pizza. The only reason to live in New York anymore. I don't think the Yankees is even on that list, to right, be honest. That's true. We're, we're down to just pizza. <laughs> so, so one of the other questions I get is about intermittent fasting. And now I want to speak to specifically lifters because that's who, you know, wants to know this information. Uh, with intermittent fasting, Rip always says, oh, you mean skipping breakfast? You know, <laughs> is that basically what we're talking about? Just withdrawing calories from the day? How can people use that uh, to their advantage, if they've got a busy schedule, you know, when is it better to skip a meal if you're, you know, a working mom who's super busy? Yeah. So, well, the first question is, are you saying if they wanted to follow the intermittent fasting, yes. how, how would you go about that? Without sacrificing say, gains. Yeah. Are these also moms that are lifting? Yes. Okay. So first thing is asking yourself what time of the day you're lifting. So if you are someone that lifts early in the morning, then if you're starting the intermittent fasting, and that's always been a hard one for me because I'm, I'm a big breakfast person. And so I have been able to eventually convince my clients to steer away from intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say if you could at least, if let's say you're, you're getting outside of intermittent fasting, just starting out the day with like a protein shake or a fruit, something small, so that way you're at least starting your day with something. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's say if you are lifting later in the day, then, then it all just depends on the time of the day that you're lifting. Because I, I always tell my clients, I really don't want you to go into your lifts on an empty stomach. It's, it's not going to it's not going to work in the long run. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so on, on lifting days, it's important to have that, you know, that first meal, but maybe yeah. they could skip it, you know, if they're at work or, you know, they're busy during lunch and then just make sure you get nutrition in. Now, you know, we're always making a distinction between lifted people who lift and people who don't. Mm. So what is, what is the difference in how we eat? Like, what is the benefit of being a lifter? Like, I have a lot of women that still listen to this podcast because I had a fitness business and we did, you know, a lot of boot camp type stuff, kickboxing. We had a lot of fun doing fitness. And then we had the affiliate gym that was the barbell gym. And uh, the what are the perks of being a lifter? If they added that to their routine, if they focused on strength, what's the difference between a non-lifter and a lifter in terms of, you know, what they can eat? Yeah, so- I think one of the, the benefits is you are about being a lifter is it teaches you wanting to make better choices with your food and having, again, the consistency piece of relearning how to eat because now you have, there's a purpose as well. You have this purpose of I'm lifting. I want to feel strong under the bar. I want to have energy. I don't want to be tired. So I have to change my nutrition. Mm -hmm. I have to change my nutrition in order for me to be stronger. And so that's why I think that having that, that background in, in strength training and then being able to, to nourish yourself 
is such a value versus let's say someone that doesn't strength train. And there are a lot of people that don't strength train, but it's just the benefits of, of strength training and, and being able to do things outside of the gym. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, I know I can eat more since I started lifting. Yeah. I want to ask you like for, for women who lift, do you, when you're writing up their nutritional program, do you allow for more calories for the women who lift versus the women who are just doing, you know, like kickboxing or spin. runners or spin? Yes, I do. I mean, all, all of them, but, but specifically we're talking about strength training. I want to make sure that they are eating. I don't want the clients to be feeling lethargic or feeling like they're going to pass out because they only ate like a piece of fruit before going into lifting. Mm-hmm. And um, because people who don't have the muscle mass, um, they really have to control their calories more. Um, they don't, you know, I noticed my girls, you know, when I was a cardio bunny, I couldn't eat as much without gaining fat um, quickly. And my goal was always to preserve muscle, but I wasn't building new muscle, you know, so I was kind of eating randomly, or I would have these random bouts of like deprivation where I'd be like, okay, I just got to eat less, but there's no structure when you're not a lifter to what you should be focused on in terms of your macronutrients. And it's all, I would never deprive myself as a lifter because immediately it would show them in the, in the first session. That's the difference, you know, and, and when your body's adapted to doing chronic, uh, cardio workouts, it adapts in a negative way. Um, and it's very hard to get those people to eat because they're terrified of calories because they're not able to burn as many either, right? Is that a big difference? Yeah, that's true. And then as, as, as we get older, right, it makes, things, it makes things harder. But also too, for women, the important piece is our bone density, making sure that our bones are strong. Mm-hmm. And starting, if, if you can start them out young, wonderful. But even if I feel like with strength training, it doesn't matter when you start, you know that once you start, you are already adding more, more um, strength in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, we just, we really want to encourage more women if they're listening to get under the bar, because not only can you, you know, enjoy your food more, but you'll have a purpose and a structure to your nutrition. It's driven by, you know, it's driven by athletics really and performance versus just aesthetics Mm -hmm. Um, because that can lead to eating disorders, bad habits, deprivation, all of these negative things. And that's exactly what, you know, I think barbell training cures us of. It gives us an opportunity to focus on performance. And then you just, you just really care more about how you do than how you look. Yes. Um, but like yeah. Um, what, what I wanted to also know is like, let's say people want to start on Monday to, you know, Monday I'm, st- I heard Ina's podcast with Raina and we're going to be, um, Jules got us motivated. Where do I start? Because I feel like taking one step leads to the next because you feel successful. What's like a, the first step that they should take on Monday. If they decide, you know what, I want to start eating better. What's the first step you'd recommend they take? First step is creating a grocery list. Okay. <laughs> so grocery list and sort of, again, breaking things down. Okay. For proteins, like what are some proteins that I can have? I always say we can start out with some lean proteins. That would be a great start. So having, of course, like your eggs, chicken, if you like your, your lean meats, your red cut meats, extra lean ground beef. So just to get you in the right place of 
some of your standard protein sources. And then for carbs, I always say rice, potatoes, uh, bread, right? For breakfast, or if you want to make like a sandwich, deli meats, turkey, things like that. And then sort of going down the line with your grocery list, basics, right? Same thing with like fruits and vegetables, your favorite fruits and vegetables. And so going to the grocery store is the first step to success because now you're buying these things and you're going to put them in your refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those great. are awesome. Those are really simple, easy, like very doable. No, right, nothing fancy. Before you meal prep, you got a grocery shop. So got a grocery shop. And what are some easy, healthy snacks that us moms can throw in our kids' lunch boxes? Yeah, uh, so funny. I always, uh, when I was working with the kids, we used to make those. You guys probably remember, like the little, the little ant logs. <laughs> Oh, I love that. The celery sticks and you put like peanut butter, you know, if your kids like almond butter and and throwing like little raisins in there as ant logs. That's awesome. Fun little things you can do with your kids. Uh, But asking them like maybe what are their favorite fruits? So just packing, packing some of their like macro micronutrients. And I know, I know not all kids love vegetables. So starting out with something like that and then doing like little wraps. Kids love sandwiches. You can never go wrong with that. So their favorite sandwich with their favorite little bag of chips and their fruit. So you're giving them that, that balance, but also being a kid is like, if they want to have a little bag of chips, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's not, it's not bad. And that's so, great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes to moms, they, they, they really want their kids to eat really well and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think where it can go wrong is if you don't allow your kids to have any of that stuff and then your kids are going to end up eating all that stuff at somebody else's house. <laughs> so just asking them what they want and just adding it in there and in, into one of their meals or favorite snacks. Uh, I always say to like, if they like those little yogurts with like granola, just fun little things that they like. That's so simple and easy to pack. That's great advice. So we've got, so we've got information for moms, how to get started, do your grocery list, right? hit your macros, uh, just the general format for high protein, high carb, uh, low fat when you're making choices. Um, so just a quick example for those that don't understand. So high carb, uh, low fat versus high carb, high fat. What's the, what would two foods be that are not this, choose this? So like a high carb, high fat, for example. The so people- yeah, like if, if, What's I mean, if you go out to eat, right, if you go to any type of like restaurant or pizza, right, like we love pizza, but of course, it is high carb, high fat. So having having that balance. So let's say I've had clients where they're like, Oh, I love pizza so much. I can't I can't get rid of it. And I said, that's totally fine. So maybe don't eat a whole box and work with like maybe two slices of pizza or three max starting out there. Starting like I always say if we can just just lower it a little bit each time. So we're not pulling all the fun food away because I think that's where, where clients tend to become sad or like, Oh, I'm never going to eat pizza again. Now I have to eat all this boring food and no, it's more of the, the, the balance. So I Mm -hmm. I even tell clients to, if they can do just a a few small slices of pizza and then like a side salad, you're already setting yourself up for success. Yeah. 
We could do that. I don't think she's seen my slices and how big they are. Like New York <laughs> slices. I know. Yes. I, I know. But those are so different than yours. Like <laughs> I was like three slices, man. I'm going on her diet. She knows what's up. So like, for instance, I tell everyone like replace the, the biggest problem is, is really fried food. So like rice, yeah. rice and potato uh, is great for mm-hmm. the high carb, low fat pasta. Not so much because of the toppings. No, pasta is okay. Like you can make your own pasta at home. That's easy to make. You can make your own, uh, like your own ground beef sauce. So again, going back to like the lean meat. So I always make pasta. And it's funny because there was a time where I thought, oh man, no, I can't do pasta. Pasta is going to make me gain weight. I shouldn't be eating that stuff. Of course, if you're going to uh, like an Italian restaurant, they're going to put all the good stuff in. But if you wanted to create your own pasta, it's still tasty and it's still within like your goals throwing in your favorite pasta noodle and then your ground beef with with a with a marinara sauce or if you wanted a little bit of pesto and you wanted to do that instead but you're making it at home so you're the one that's in control of what you're putting in your food yeah yeah that's certainly true because what really what really kills all the carbs with the low fat thing is the stuff you're putting on top of them yeah. So like with the pasta, for example, if you wanted to do like a Parmesan cheese, you can just add some in there. You're not right. Like if you go to a restaurant, they'll just like, keep going, You're like, keep going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we've covered a lot of really good stuff for moms to start their Monday. I, I really do. And you know what I think my favorite part about you, Juliet, is that you're so moderate. There, there's nothing that's off limits. There's nothing that's off the table, mm-hmm. even for kids and moms. And I also just love the advice you gave that the parents should sit down with their kids and take a look at what they're watching and what they're doing and mm-hmm. what they're eating. Mm-hmm. It's such good advice and it could be such a great bonding moment. I like yeah. the idea because because TikTok has a really strong algorithm. And if they and if they can just look up things that interest them, that help them be creative, like learning new skills or you know these things that they wind up copying, that's really good advice because then that'll bring up more of the same in their in their. Uh, yeah, algorithm. my daughter is right now on hack recipes tiktok love it and we're exactly always learning i did want to add um that's also really important is sit for moms is sitting down with your kids and having a meal going back to basics like actually sitting with your kids putting your phone away if you can and having a meal with your daughter with your son because starting that from such a young age creates such a positive impact on your food on the relationship with food yeah. Old school. old school. I love it. Yeah. Well, speaking of old school, we're going to play a fun, I think it's like a camp game. Raina really wants to play a game before we sign off. So yeah, we can't, her. we can't be so serious. <laughs> At least we didn't say the B word, which is bulky because I'm so over that. We don't even want to talk about I it. I can't hear it anymore. I think our listeners are smarter than that. Yeah. All right, Jules, the name of the game is this or that. Okay. You only have two choices. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Okay. Early bird gets the worm. Smoothies or soda? Smoothies. Oh, okay. Diet soda. Yeah, the diet soda. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Much better. Much better. <laughs> okay. Sweet or salty foods? Sweet. Yes. Fair. Sunbathe or get in the water? Ooh, sunbathe. Yes, our girl. Jules is coming over. (laughs) Spontaneous or planner? Yeah, I can be a planner. Nice. (laughs) That's good. We appreciate that. 
cauliflower pizza or New York pizza? New York pizza. Yes. <laughs> We're sending her a pie. By the way, this is not how you're supposed to game. You're not supposed to cheer. You're supposed to just let the people. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're very bad. Neutral colors or colorful colors for clothes? Ooh, neutral. I love black. You're you're so like you're on the wrong coast. I feel like she should be over here. Forget Grant. Right. All right. Two more. East Coast or West Coast? Ooh, that's hard. Sorry, West Coast. Yeah, I understand. All right. All right. All right. And one last one. Sneakers or heels? Sneakers. Yeah. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I feel like she's our girl, right? I know. Just. Everybody, everyone listening is like, why is she not in New York? Right. <laughs> I don't You're know. in the wrong place. I know. I've only been to New York once. I need to go again. Fine. Well, you will be our guest. We Perfect. both have a gym and we have great pizza. So you will not miss anything. But most important, I have a pool. She has a pool. Yes. So we will be there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this with us thank today. You. I think that you've imparted some really valuable information to our listeners and uh, I think we'll be bugging you for some uh, some tips on grocery lists and yeah. recipes. Great. Yeah, Love like it. post some stuff on the stories for recipes yeah. and shopping lists and tag us because our listeners could really benefit. And tell me where they can find you. Yeah, so they can find me on uh, on Waste and Plates. So that's where I do my nutrition consultations. Uh, that's uh, also Robert's business, wasteandplates.com. Mm-hmm. And then also too, you, you, they can email me at juliagonzalez.rdn at gmail.com. Are you on Instagram? Yes, I am. Yeah. So it's actually, I, I, it's funny. I actually have to pull it up because I even forget my own IG name. We understand. We totally understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we so, love following your stories because I love seeing your lifting. At the yeah. You're show. so strong. Love oh, it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's Jules. Gun, so it's Gonzalez, but it's short, so it's G O N L Z underscore. Yeah, I could not. Figure they'll be that finding out. you. Yeah, they'll be finding you yeah. for info and inspiration. Perfect. This young lady is badass. So thanks for, <laughs> for speaking with us today, and you know we're looking forward to a part two where we go a little deeper on uh, on nutrition, on recipes, and uh, maybe some programming. Yeah.